Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm just excited that we're actually recording smoothly. Yeah, you sound great. I, I think I'm, I'm going to auto-tune, maybe sound my, make myself sound better. <laughs> Lofa, I hurt my thumb. Doing what? I slammed my thumb in my car door on accident. <laughs> on myself. <laughs> I mean, were you in a rush? What, how does that just happen? Honestly, it's the opposite. I was moving far too slow. <laughs> I mean, if the door shut on it, yeah, you were too slow to get out of there. But Dude. What, what happened? It was like 6 a.m. I'm parking outside producer Katie's house here to come in and do our morning show that we usually do. And I, like I said, I was just moving too slow. And it was one of those things where I kind of had the, the door hooked with my right thumb, like kind of inside the door with it open. And my car doors are kind of heavy, to be perfectly honest. It's a, uh, well, they're just kind of heavy. And I was slinging my backpack over my other shoulder. And it's one of those things where like, it just started happening and I didn't realize it till it was too late. And the door just sort of its own momentum was pulling it back towards the car. And I just didn't notice. And by the time I pulled my thumb out, it was just, just barely too late. And man, this fingernail is black and blue and gross. And hey, you're probably going to lose it. Probably. You've probably smashed a bunch of fingers. haven't I, you? I've lost fingernails, toenails. I've, I've lost it all. Oh, what can I expect? Is it just going to fall off during the night or what happens? Yeah. I'm, well, it's just eventually it just, it dies, you know? Yeah. Um, and then it just, yeah, kind of just falls off. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't hurt. Like yeah. the worst is over. That's the good, unless you, unless you get the fingernail caught on something, <laughs> well then the worst is not over. But Oh man. It was like a week ago. I went to urgent care and uh, just because it, not right away, I toughed it out for the whole day. Like I said, it happened at like 6 a.m. I toughed it out the entire day. Then I toughed it out most of the next day. But the pain of the swelling, more than the pain of like it being smashed, it was just because it, it didn't break the skin. So there was nowhere for any of the pressure to go, you know? So they put mm-hmm. a hole in my fingernail and I got to squeeze it all out and drain it out and everything. But that was gross, man. I well, don't know. You know, Ronnie Lott broke a finger once and he just... He just cut it off. I know. So you, can, you, could, you could go that route. He cut, was, did he cut it off like at halftime? Uh, I don't think it was. I think he played with it broken the rest of the game. And uh-huh. then I think there was um, like a game or two left in the season. And, and, you know, when he went to see the doctor, like, okay, we could fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the good news. But, yeah. you know, you're going to be done for, you know, you won't be able to use the hand. He's like, oh, we'll just, just take it. <laughs> And he, he cut it off at that, that first knuckle or the second what? knuckle. Does he still not have a finger? Uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think they reattached it um, <laughs> after that long. Um, but, wow. but I think I think I heard an interview where he said, you know what, I, I, in hindsight, I kind of wish I still had it. But Right, yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. He did a lot of winning, you know. <laughs> Dude, Former it's, Trojan right there. It's a legendary – oh, of course, yeah, just I mean, that, is, that in. Of course, of course. 
that's got to be one of the coolest stories in terms of toughness, right? Legendary. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, we're, you we're never had to. Yeah, of course. You you never had to be faced with that sort of a thing. But I mean, that would be. I don't. Could you make that decision? I mean, if it was playoff time, like I mean, well, in two thousand eight, I broke my thumb at the bottom at the base of it. And, wow. And so we had. I played the next game with it broken. It had to cast it up, though, so it wasn't like it. I was in pain. Did you have really the full moved. club, or did you have fingers? No, I had. I had the the digits were out free. They were they were uh, <laughs> free range digits. Um, but I I went and saw the doc, and he was like, "Okay, well." He's like, I've always wanted to try this. And I was like, you know, when the doc starts with, I've always wanted to try that. <laughs> yeah, not it's good. not a good sign of things to come. Not good. So I was like, all right, well, I'll hear, I'll hear open-minded. I'll hear you out because I didn't want to miss, you know, there's, there was an option of getting it fixed and, um, you know, not playing, you know, yeah. not risking further damage to the ligament or the joint. Because uh, the thumb is actually a pretty important uh you know, it's an important instrument. Yeah, it turns out. I mean, this one's on my. This one was, was on my right hand, and I'm right-handed. I yeah, I found out the yeah, hard way. Right, you find yeah. out. Uh, you know, I never take that guy for granted. But uh, <laughs> so, so you know, the uh, doctor Keck, he's like, yeah, he goes, I can tether it here, put two pins or a bolt here in the pen. He's like, and I think it's gonna stay. I was like, wait a minute, you think? Or <laughs> and he was like, he's like, it should stay. It stayed until the second to last game of the season, and I felt it pop in the game. And I was like, ooh, that one, that one hurt, you know? Because honestly, when I broke it the first time, it didn't really hurt. It was just out. You yeah. know? It felt like a dislocation, and it wasn't – it really wasn't that bad on a scale of, you know, one to ten. It was like a two. Uh-huh. Um, it did swell up, but, you know um, – it was when it popped out that 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 second time. So I played in the cast that uh, there was like five of us: me, True, Kearney, Leroy, Dion Grant. We all had a cast on at some point in the season. Oh man! <laughs> and then um, so after, so I spent about three and a half, four months in a cast during the season, and then they had to go in like kind of reset it, and then I had to stay in a cast for another two and a half months. I think it was. <laughs> so, Jeez. Yeah yikes and the popping out was worse than the injury like you said and it was way worse did you come out of the game there then or um no it just you know you're you're playing so the adrenaline's going yeah and you you know something's wrong you know sure but it's not it wasn't as bad as when i tore my pec you know then i was like okay wait this hurts when i run that's weird Oof. Well, so basically, I should stop complaining. That's that's what I'm hearing. I didn't say that. I didn't say that at all. <laughs> you didn't have to. That was my Ronnie Lott story, man. <laughs> Which wasn't uh, nearly as cool. Let's start the show. Let's get this crowd going. Now, come on, get him up, get him up, get him up. Snap. He's going to throw down the middle. The ball is caught. Hey, that's great football now. 35-40, down the far sideline. We got a fly, baby. He's still moving. He's going to go. Go Hawks. Are you kidding me? Let's go. It's the Seahawks podcast. Thank you for listening. I'm Seahawks super fan Brett Davern. He's Seahawks legend Lofa Tatupu. And Lofa, the season is finally here. Yeah, man. 24 hours? Is that, you know, kickoff is upon us. Yeah, we're recording this on Wednesday. First game is tomorrow. That's Thursday on your calendars. Uh, That's just the first NFL game. 
uh, Houston Texans versus Kansas City Chiefs. But the Seahawks kick off our season Sunday, 10 a.m. against the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Uh, it's it's going to be strange, you know, no crowd, the time of COVID, and we know what everybody's dealing with and all that good stuff. But the Hawks will be running around out there on the field, and, you know, I can't wait, and I know you can't either. Yeah. And, I mean, fans aren't allowed for the first few games, uh, depending on states, right, or right. percentage of it. But how many road games do we have in the in the first, you know, month? Because that hopefully we got three, right, before fans show up. Let me hook you up here. I got the schedule in front of me. We've got – so the first game on the road against Atlanta, then two at home in weeks two and three, ah, okay. then back on the road. The third home game is, uh, let's see, October 11th, but then a bye week. So the fourth home game, if they're going to start letting fans in, is not until November 1st, week eight, versus the San Francisco 49ers. And if they let – the 12s back into CenturyLink, week eight against the 49ers. I mean, the lid would come off that place, right? That It would be rock yeah, at that absolutely. point. And it'd be week eight, so we'd have, let's see, there's a bye week, so we'd have seven games under our belt. I mean, you know, according to you, we'd be 7-0 and at that point. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe six and one maybe maybe and uh when when jimmy garoppolo comes to town for the first matchup versus the niners i mean that would be that would be awesome right i mean that would be best case scenario especially with during these times and what everybody's dealing with and uh we can only hope that that happens but man i'm just i'm just pumped to get them out there on the field let them start running around i i never thought i would miss the preseason games I never thought that would happen, <laughs> but, but I sure did this year. And even just in terms of like getting to know the new guys and the rookies and, and the young guys on other teams, you know, like doing the fantasy draft was crazy because yeah. I'm just not up on stuff the way I usually am. But uh, yeah, man, it's going to be a big weekend and I'm pumped. Well, no preseason. That's usually when I find the, you know, the sleepers, the guys that are going to make the team, the guys that I'm going to pick up on the waiver wire when someone gets injured. That's, that always happens. Right, so, right. So, I mean, you know, kind of going in here, you know, not knowing what's going on. We're going to see. I, I, actually, I haven't even, I'm not even going to lie. I haven't looked at our, our draft. How did I do? <laughs> did you see my team? Yeah, so we haven't even gotten to talk about it on the show yet. But Lofa joined uh, my fantasy league, or we started a fantasy league, whatever. And Lofa's, we're playing the same fantasy league is, is the bottom line, which as a, as a guy who grew up a Seahawks fan, I mean, it's just you, you don't understand how surreal it is. And I know, you know, you were a big fan of MTV's Awkward, so it's just got to be as weird for you to be playing in True. a league with – no, I'm just kidding. Truly um, <laughs> But you know what, man? You auto-drafted, and you got the fourth-best draft in the league. So I'm expecting big things out of you. Hey, I'm telling you, it's, it, the, the success is the waiver wire and just you know, knowing who to select when you have a bye week or you know, when it's – there's a little strategy that goes, that goes into this. And, uh, but everywhere, every draft I've ever done has been auto-draft. I've never picked on my own. And how many times have you won the league? I should have asked you that before I let you in the league, I guess. But now I'm asking. I've won two leagues, and I've been to the championship in two others. I lost, so two and two. Of Um, course. Of course. I knew I was letting a ringer in. And there was one other that I didn't make the playoffs at all. And that was that's the one I always remember. (laughs) Well, I guess we should keep people updated as the season goes on on how we're doing, and especially if we have any head-to-head matchups, which I think there's probably two 
or something. I think he played each team twice. So we'll let everybody know when that comes up. Uh, but back to real football for a second. Okay. Um, wide receiver. Let's see. Let's do some news real quick for the team. So wide receiver Penny Hart, who's a young guy. He got promoted to the 53-man roster the other day. So there's some news there. Uh, Ethan Posick, fourth-year guard slash center who's been backing up people and playing from time to time every once in a while he's been named the starting center replacing uh justin Britt, who left last year ethan posick by the way six six three hundred and twenty pounds is that something you're interested in in a starting center i mean yeah that's that's massive for a center so yeah and then right next to him his lsu running mate damian lewis uh at right guard so a little bit of a what a Bayou Bengals combination there on the oh, offensive line. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Um, and then the, the 53 man roster in general announced, you know, we got the full depth chart. Finally, they updated the website. The full depth chart is out and it's pretty interesting. I want to move to the defensive side of the ball and ask you a few things here because I've just never really seen it listed this way and I don't really know what it means. And I, I know you will. So on defense, your starting lineup, you got a defensive end, LJ Collier, defensive tackle, Jaron Reed, then nose tackle, Puna Ford, and then Leo Benson Mayoa. What is a Leo? It's uh, the more, the, usually a smaller, more athletic um, of the two DNs. Um, so that's, um, you know, usually the, the ones you use, you move around for rushing. And, and uh, Bruce, Bruce played, played quite a bit of that. Um, you know, in, in Oakland and Carolina and um, on, on rushdowns, he was, he was doing that for us uh, in the nickel package. Is that something that's unique to a Pete Carroll defense or when Mike Holmgren was coaching you, was there a Leo on defense still then, or I've just never really heard this term and I'm wondering if it's Seahawks specific or even Pete Carroll specific. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's just in the terminology that, that, that Pete, you know, I I've heard that, that term since college. So, okay. um, and when we had John Marshall's defense, uh, you know, just, it was, you know, the end, you know, either he was either in a, a six technique or, or a wide nine, you know, so there was just, it was more technique, um, where, where they were lining up was, was kind of how we identified, you know, our ends before, um, as you know, in other, other defenses, you hear that too. Um, who was it? Uh, the Titans and the, the Jim Schwartz, his defenses, they always use the wide nine technique where the, the rusher was just way out there and just putting pressure. So um, where they line up like a four technique, a six technique, that's more the designation of what, what they're going to play. So the Leo, it, would he have his hand on the ground or is he, are we looking yeah. for him to be standing up? No, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. It, they, they've always had the hand on the ground, um, you know, a true 4-3, you know, defense. Mm-hmm. So um, I know back in college, after I left, when they had those, you know, big, massive linebackers, Cushing, Malaluga, and uh, and Matthews, they started standing up their DNs a bit. Um, and that was actually called the, like, the elephant position. I don't and I, I couldn't tell you why, but... <laughs> You know, that was the, the terminology that was linked to that. So weird. Um, yeah. Hmm. Well, it looks like Benson Mayo won that position, though. So he's the starting Leo. And then backing him up is Alton Robinson. And then Demontre Moore, who they just signed uh, away from the 49ers, I believe. So mm-hmm. uh, good rotation there, pass rushing. Um, and then looking behind that, 
the SLB, which I, I'm assuming stands for Sam linebacker, that's Bruce Irvin. That's where we find him. And then middle linebacker, it's Bobby Wagner. And then mm-hmm. KJ Wright with Jordan Brooks backing him up. Uh, so those are your starting linebackers, Bruce, Bobby, and KJ, just like we thought it would be, right? With Cody Barton. Well, and, uh, I, I actually, up. I'm surprised that, that Bruce isn't, isn't, I thought Bruce would be the Leo. Oh. I really did. I thought that um, in in his role as more of a defensive and slash rush specialist, he really thrived for the Raiders and Carolina. So I was actually shocked because then, especially when you pick a, a linebacker in the first round uh, with like Brooks, you, I thought they were going to get all three, you know, him, KJ and, and Bobby on the field together. So I'm sure they have, you know, um, some, you know, nickel packages that, that they'll be doing something with, but um, that was actually a shock to me. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, well, moving out towards cornerback, Shaquille Griffin uh, listed as the starting left cornerback and on the Seahawks depth chart officially on Seahawks.com at the right cornerback spot, it's completely blank all the way across the board for second team and third team even. They're waiting on uh, Quentin Dunbar, who was battling some injury stuff, Trey Flowers would step in if he's not ready to go. Well, actually, you know what? Well, hold on. I misspoke. Quinton Dunbar is not battling injury stuff. He left the team to uh, go to a family funeral or he had some family stuff to take care of. So in coming back, he has to re-go through the protocol and stuff. So they're kind of waiting for him to clear that and, and all that stuff. But right now, right cornerback, blank on the depth chart. We'll see what happens there. Strong safety, Jamal Adams, and free safety, Quandre Diggs, rounding out the starting defense. Uh, I mean, we didn't get Jadavion Clowney. He ends up signing with the Titans. That would have been uh, really exciting, I think, and maybe a bit greedy on our part. But there's your starting defense. And what do you think? Um, no right corner. That's bold. I, we are good, but I don't know if we're good enough to play with 10. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, I, I, I like it. I'm, I'm, you know, optimistic about it. Yeah. Uh, no, I, again, this is, you know, the deepest I've seen every position group um, in, you know, since, since the Hawks made that great run at 13. So uh, I'm encouraged by what they put together through the off season. And yeah, Clowney would have been just amazing to add to the mix. Um, but we, we have a lot of talent out there and then just, you know, some just solid backups that can go in and, you know, not have a drop off in in play you know so it's um it's shaping up to be great and just you know hopefully we can stay healthy i'll tell you the one guy i'm looking at on the defensive side of the ball to have a really good season and i'm hoping has a really good season because so far in his time with the hawks you know this kind of flown under the radar hasn't really produced as much as we would like to and that's lj collier and they're listing him as a starting defensive end and i just hope the guy has a monster season and is able to do what he was drafted to do in the first round right i think this is his second year so um generally you know he had some you know unfortunate injuries uh last year but um you know the biggest stride you see is usually that at first the second year for for all players and especially in the trenches um that that is grown man territory and so to come in there and and mix it up you know with those those guys you know the likes of walter jones and uh and you know dwayne brown right now so 
um, that's no easy, easy task. <laughs> we got, we got to give, got to give him a break, right? No, you I'm know, not. I'm not I'm li- <laughs> listen, I'm not being hard on him. I'm just saying you're drafted really high and just was sort of, you know, I mean, obviously you had Jadavion Clowney last year and things like that, but mm-hmm. uh, it's just, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying like, if there's one guy I'm looking at on the defense that I really want to see have a great season and, and when, you know, the camera shot is zoomed out. If I'm going to just pick one guy to watch, I'm going to watch LJ Collier and see how he's doing. That's all. Just going to keep my eye on him as a fan. Okay. That's okay. I'm saying. I hear you. No, you know, yeah. no, no shade. <laughs> I mean, no, I just, cause I, you had me guessing myself. I was like, this is third year. You know, has it been that, you know, that long already? But um, yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to cut him a little slack. I think he's going to be fine. And um, like I said, that, uh, that jump from year one to year two is, is, um, you know, night and day in terms of, and I don't want, I'm not making excuses for him, but getting used to a new city, you know, a new playbook, you know, new coaches, new team. It's, it's, it's overwhelming to, to, to some kids. Let's move over to the offensive side of the ball. Your starters just going down the list. Wide receiver to Kalen Zacharias Metcalf. Hell yes. And his biceps and his triceps and his quads and his calves and his hands and his beautiful smile and his dangly earring. I can't wait. For him going into his second year, uh, ooh, I'm excited for that. And then uh, left tackle, Dwayne Brown, left guard, Mike Ayupati, Ethan Posick at center, Damian Lewis, starting right guard, the rookie, starting at right guard, Brandon mm-hmm. Shell out at right tackle, Greg Olson at tight end, wide receiver, Tyler Lockett, quarterback, Russell Wilson, of course, fullback, <laughs> Nick Ballore, even though sometimes, I don't, do they really even use a fullback all that often? I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe this year they will. And then uh, running back Chris Carson. Not a lot of big surprises there. But, I mean, other than the rookie, Damian Lewis, starting at right guard. And just like LJ Collier, he'll be the one that I'm watching on offense. Yeah. Um, excited to see, you know, how it comes together. Offense, it, it always takes, um, it seems, you know, for everyone, it takes a little while to get get going. And um, But, you know, we we have a lot of uh, familiar faces, you know, and just, you know, a couple, couple new starters and, and, you know, one of those is, what is he, a 12, 13-year vet in Olsen. So, him bringing that leadership, I'm excited to see what happens. Hey, speaking of tight ends, let me just quickly highlight Jacob Hollister, who finally got a number in the 80s. <clears throat> he finally got a number that makes sense for a tight end. This year, he's going to be, uh, where is it, number 86 in your in your programs. Last year, he spent, he was in the 40s or whatever. Oh, was it 48, I think? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's nice to see my man get a receiver number. Uh, Number doesn't doesn't make the man. Man makes the number. Yeah, that's true. But he's listed as the fourth tight end. However, I think he'll play a little bit more than that. He had a pretty good season last year and, you know, we'll see what happens. But that tight end room is, is stacked. Uh, And I think, I think that's going to be a, it's not like people aren't talking about it or whatever, but I think the blocking will be improved uh, from that position and it's I mean that's going to be great for you know the Seahawks love to run the ball so that should yeah. open up some some lanes for Chris and Carlos and Travis and a rookie well, DJ yeah. Dallas but I mean you got four quality you know guys that have started ball games before you know in the NFL so um, you know that that the tight end versus linebacker or even safety matchup that's one that's you know, largely there it's understated and underappreciated. That is, you know, such a tough matchup because usually you know, the guys like six five, six six, they got a giant wingspan and they can run. So um, you know, most linebackers, they're around six one, six two. 
So that's, that's one that you can really exploit, especially, you know, you got four quality guys out there that have all proven themselves in the league. That's, I know Ross has to be excited about that just as much as he is with his receivers. Another interesting roster move during training camp or coming out of training camp is that they waived Shaquem Griffin, which obviously I was sad to see. I know a lot of 12s mm-hmm. are sad to see. It's such a cool story. Um, not just, you know, what he deals with and has to play through in terms of, uh, you know, the obvious, but also just getting to play with his twin brother and all that's just such a feel good, cool story. Um, so they had to wave him, but they got him back and he's on the practice squad. So that's cool. And if there's an injury or whatever, he can come in and he's obviously a quality player and has put in some good minutes. So, uh, what did you think when you saw that this story go down? Honestly, because obviously, you know, love the kid, everybody loves him. I mean, he's just the, the true epitome of you know strength and will and determination you know overcoming everything that he has you know to be a star and to make it Mm -hmm. to the pros um i was i was hoping for him a 3-4 team that would let him rush from the outside which is what he did his whole time at, at central florida and produced you know you know about 30 sacks in two years I was hoping that someone would you know give him the opportunity rather than come back to our practice squad because I, I, I believe in the kid. And hmm. when, you know, I watched his tape in college, he was at the line of scrimmage. He was more athletic than the tackles. He was faster coming off the edge at 4-4 um, and able to dip, rip. And, and, you know, he was putting up big numbers. And then when they went to that final bowl game, um, I don't know if it was Auburn or Georgia, but, I mean, he was all over the place. And, um, and I thought – when he came in on the sub packages, um, nickel, you know, the rushdowns, third down and where you know they're going to pass. He did a phenomenal job against the Packers and the, uh, the Eagles. And um, so I was really hoping that a 3-4 team would just give him the chance to do what he does best. Yeah. It, do you think it's a thing where if there would have been preseason games and he was able to put down like even more great tape, like right now in the present, in games even though they're preseason games with live fire uh that when they wave him he might have had a better chance of getting picked up yeah i mean that's uh yeah i definitely think that that would have been you know helpful um you know for him to get more film but um you know i'm telling you if if he like should he not be on the practice squad in the future i'm hoping that he just gets into camp with a 3-4 team and i mean just does what he does because it was, it was fun to watch and um you know he he's he is that good you know up up front to 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 make make a team and you know i think even potentially start one day before we move on to the game with the Atlanta Falcons, let me tell you about our good friends at betonline.ag. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still bet on all the action on betonline.ag. AG from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching prop bets bet online gives you more options to wager than any other place online and there is always the online casino as well if you don't want to bet on sports which never closes so head over to betonline.ag today take advantage of all of the great sign up bonuses again that's betonline.ag sign up today using our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Let's move on to the game against the Atlanta Falcons, game number one in Atlanta. 
Uh, on the defensive side of the ball for Atlanta, I think the the guy that the Seahawks, you know, have to focus on is obviously probably Dante Fowler coming off the edge. Great pass rusher, you know. And in years past, obviously, it's taken the Hawks a little bit of time on the O-line to gel. Uh, can you talk about Fowler and his game and the challenges he presents for the Hawks? Yeah, I think, you know, he's really a guy that, that was drafted very high, had had some injuries um, in his first year. And um, and then I think when he got traded from um, Jacksonville out to the, the Rams, you really saw him, um, you know, come to life more off that edge. And so, um, you know, big, fast, strong. You know, that's the reason he was drafted, you know, top 10. And um you know, he's really put together, he's starting to put his whole repertoire together in terms of pass rush moves. So, and Dan Quinn always, you know, for years, he was, you know, D-line coach uh, before he became the coordinator. And um, so he always has a plan to rush the passer. Interestingly enough, on Atlanta's website uh, and on their depth chart, they have three safeties listed as starters and they only have two linebackers listed as starters. So they go four defensive linemen, two linebackers, two cornerbacks, and then three safeties. Uh, what's up with Dan Quinn and the defense here? It's kind of strange, uh, right? Who, who are the three safeties? You got uh, DeMonte Kazi. DeMonte Kazi, I'm not sure. And then Ricardo Allen and Casey, Keanu yeah. Neal. Oh, Casey, yeah, okay. sorry. And yeah. then Kiki Neal, yeah. Well, Neal, I mean, he's used much in the way, um, you know, think Cam Chancellor, but think, uh, you know, Mark Barron, the way um, he was used for the Rams for all those years when they moved him down in the box because he was originally a safety. So, um, you know, he's just as big as a linebacker, hits just as hard, I mean, maybe harder. But um, it's um, – you know, they, that's that's what if they they have three starters listed at safety, one one of them slides into the box and, and plays predominantly in the box. Gotcha, gotcha. On the offensive side of the ball, obviously you got to worry about Matty Ice back there at quarterback, <laughs> finding Julio Jones, um, and you know their quick passing game. Um, uh, what's the guy? Uh, Calvin Ridley, you know, mm-hmm. is is coming on at wide receiver. There they list three wide receivers in their starting lineup on offense. So three safeties listed on the depth chart and starters and then three and eh, kind of crazy over there in Atlanta. But, uh, you know, offensively, they're always pretty good or at least have been throughout the years with Matt Ryan. Um, and we got a brand new secondary. So that's going to be some interesting stuff to watch there. But I, I mean, I think the Seahawks handle this one, right? Like I, I, that's, I'm feeling pretty good going into this game. I mean, how are you feeling? I don't know. Are wow, you, yeah. What do you, you think? Julio, you got Julio Jones. You're saying I feel great. Well, about he's older. <laughs> oh man. Uh, no, I don't man. know. But I just they they, they don't really. Ha- I don't know. I'm not really too this scared is, about this game. But maybe I'm too okay. cocky about it. I don't know. Well, well, this is you know you always go into you know every game saying you got to stop the run and you got to you know not give up the the deep ball. This is the one where I might flip it around and say, hey, let's stop the pass first, um, you know, in which that those are dangerous words because they do have, you know, newly acquired Todd Gurley, who Todd Gurley. very, very familiar yeah, with. Yeah, coming back home to Georgia too. So he's right? going to be hyped up to play. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Julio's special, you know, that's a special talent out there um, that even when you double, it's not certain that he's not going to come down with the ball. So um, I look forward to seeing how that, that matchup, that's really – 
you know, it's a clash of the Titans right there, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What do you foresee for this game though? I mean, it's, I mean, anyone's best guess because of, you know, ever dealing with the no crowd and the weird circumstances surrounding what everything that's going on in the world right now. But in terms of like football and on the field, uh, we got to get the the Lofo Tatupu uh, certified prediction on this game here. I, I like us winning this game. You know, um, I know Atlanta will be ready. I know the Falcons will be ready. You know, Dan, Dan always has them ready. But, um, you know, like I said, and I know it's just paper right now until we actually, you know, put the pads on and, and, and start the season this weekend. But I, I haven't seen a roster, you know, up here that I've been this excited about in terms of just top to bottom. I don't, I don't see an area of weakness, a true area of weakness where in, you know, in past we've had some, you know, combinations of mixing in, you know, different offense and defense alignment. And so not always the same starters and not getting that chemistry down until very late into the season. Wow. Um, it's, um, it's shaping up to be, you know, the Hawks year, man. I, and I, I'm excited about it. And then it's, it's Russ's year, right? Yeah. He's win the MVP, right? Yeah, man. I honestly, honestly, uh, this is not me being a homer or blowing smoke or anything. Honestly, if any team is is poised to handle everything that's going on out there right now and the strangeness of this season and handle it well. I think it's the Seahawks. Russell, he's so mentally tough. He's so focused. He's such a leader. And I think that's exactly the kind of guy you want leading your team through these kinds of distractions. You got him. You got Bobby and KJ on the other side. Right. Um, heard great things about uh, both safeties, Diggs and Jamal. So uh, no shortage of leadership. All, all around the team, and that's you know that's what it takes. I mean, even back '05, my rookie year, we had we had leaders at every group, and so um, you know it's exciting going into the season like that. For a little more local flavor on the game, uh, when you're watching, James Carpenter, former Seahawk, is starting at left guard for the Atlanta Falcons, and also Caleb McGeary, University of Washington, who is a rookie, right? Didn't he just get drafted? this year or last year is starting at right tackle. So a little local flavor. Yeah, he was first rounder, right? I think he was first or second round. He was, he was, was up there. I know. I'm just trying to think if it was this year or last year. I can't remember. I don't know. <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> right, exactly, right? Is <laughs> a better question. You were over uh, here saying Collier's in his fifth year. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I mean, when you look up and Russell's already in like his ninth year, it's a weird time warp sometimes or eighth no, year, whatever. See, so what happened, I, I'm thinking back and what happened was we're so used to not having a first round pick that expectations are just through the roof when we do have one. That's, that's what, it was. what it is. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I'm going to give out a final score prediction. You don't have to. I'm going to say Seahawks. Hmm. It's going to be weird. No crowd, no preseason. It's going to be a little clunky at first. Uh, final score, 24-17 uh, Seahawks. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. You want to give out one or no? Um, well, if this is Russ's year, he's going to put up some points. So let's let's come out the gates firing, right? Then they said let Russ cook. Is that what <laughs> That's There's it. All these that's, hashtags. that's the that's the, yes on on Seahawks Twitter and Seahawks social media, Seahawks world online. Everything is hashtag Let Russ Cook. So I'm gonna go. Let's go 30, 31, 
And, you know, I'm a defensive guy, so I'm, I'm going to go 31-17. You know, Love let's it. Keep, let's keep them at 17 or less, and I think we, we, get, we get a lot of wins this year. Absolutely. That's it for the Seahawks podcast this week, everybody. We'll be back with uh, hopefully two episodes next week, breaking down the game that was and looking ahead to the game that is going to be, which is going to be a big-time matchup in Week 2 versus the New England Patriots in prime time in Seattle. Even though there's no crowd, it's still going to be a big game. So we'll be looking forward to that next week. Lofa, break us down. All right, here we go. It's going to be let Russ cook on three. That's a lot. So, you know, let's not mess up this timing. All right. One, two, three. Let, let Russ, Russ cook. cook. Hey, we got it. Nailed it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, that's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.